Welcome to the Convergence Podcast. We have the privilege of having Pastor Brian Simmons, author of the Passion Translation Bible, with us this past weekend. Please enjoy this powerful message he brings about changing the world and how we're all created to do it. We believe that this message will touch your heart. God bless. Here is what I want to share with you. Four hours. I want you to say these words. I am going to change the world. Tell the person next to you, even if you don't like them, you are going to change the world. My wife and I, almost 48 years ago, my wife and I took our our hearts, and, and, and at the wedding altar, we made a commitment and a vow that we would go to the ends of the earth and preach the gospel where Jesus had never been named. And the thing that was compelling, that gripped our heart, was that we wanted to be used of God. We wanted to change the world. Fast forward 48 years later, and here I stand in front of you, and I can tell you, I want to change the world. I want this place, I don't want to make a dent, I want to make a difference. And this is a generation that's not called to status quo, ho-hum Christianity. That's, that went out like with the 70s. You're, you're in a realm here in the Silicon Valley where you're going to change the world. And your calling is to be a breaker and a deliverer. God is about to raise up men and women of the spirit. Uh-oh, I'm scared. Okay, all right, we're all right. Oh, yeah, thank you. I can I have a bagel with cream cheese? And, and, and. Man. I mean, have you ever met a wife? Is like, this is, wow. Golly. She's a dreamer and a dream come true at the same time. <clears throat> God is not going to ask your permission. He's just going to raise up people in this place and send you out to change the world. Say it again. I'm going to change the world. There's a book in the Old Testament. I'm actually involved in translating it right now as we speak. And it's called the book of Judges. There were 12 of them, and that mirrors the apostolic era of today of the New Testament, where there were 12 apostles of the Lamb, and there were 12 men and women in the Old Testament that changed the course of history. They were Sophatim. Sophatim is uh, translated in most, well, it's translated judges. You have a book in the Bible. The uh, seventh book in the Bible is the book of Judges, Shofatim. But sadly, that's not the best translation in the English world. Shofatim is not people with robes behind a bench with a gavel hearing arguments from trained lawyers. Shofatim is best translated, are you sitting down? It's best translated Avengers, deliverers, breakers. These are men and women that had such a bold faith and a confidence in God's presence on their life that they would come against insurmountable odds and one of them with a stick and nobody with a stick by the name of Shamgar. Nobody, I mean, it's like Shamwow. Nobody names their kid Shamgar. And this guy was not even Jewish. He was not even a Jewish boy. It's not Hebrew name. He was from some nation, and anyway, Shamgar with a stick whooped the boop 
of 600 Philistine giants, 600 Philistine warriors. One man with a stick beat the snot out of a 600-man army and brought a deliverance to the whole nation. I mean, these guys were radical. Do not, you know, don't water down what the Bible says about these men and women. They were bold. They were breakers. They were tremendous champions. They knew God in ways that we are just finding out. I love the book of Judges, and, it, and it's really for today. And God is going to raise up right here some men and women who are going to change the world. Will it be you? Will it be you? Say those words again. I am going to change the world. You're not in this thing to play church. You're not in this thing, you know, just to warm a chair and, and, you know, nickels and noses to count in a church meeting. Bro, you're here today to change the world. You're here to be inspired by Almighty God, and he's going to come upon you like he did his dread champions, his avengers. Oh, man, I had too much coffee. Whatever they serve out there, boy, whew, good stuff. You're going to change the world. Don't you hide behind the thing, I'm young, I'm a woman, I'll get out of town, bro. Or I'm old, or I don't have a Bible this or Bible that. Say it out loud, I'm going to change the world. God took nobodies and made them into somebodies, and he always does that. He's looking for the weakest, the most frail, the timid, the one that's hiding behind there. Well, I'm not outgoing. I'm not, you know, I, I'm uh, melancholy and, and, and uh, you know, I'm phlegmatic. I'm, I'm very calm and mild. Uh-huh. Yeah, you are, until God flips that switch inside of you. And then you're like some roaring freak. I mean, you just, you rise up with grace and power and you do what God's calling you to do. It has nothing to do with personality type. God's going to use weak people. It's all he has. Don't you get it? That's all he's got in the kingdom. He loves messed up weak people. That's all he has. He doesn't wait till you glow in the dark before he uses you and calls you and says, okay, come, we're going to change the world. No, he waits until you say yes. And the moment you do, look out, baby. Power is going to come into you to do the work he's called you to do. I was a drugged out hippie. I had nothing going for me. Bro, you don't even have a clue what a wretch I was. And God got a hold of me in 1971 and said, I'm going to take you to the jungle. I said, well, that probably fits me. I said, Lord, you got to give me a woman that'll go, that'll put up with me and with my calling. And after a three-week engagement, we got married. Yeah. I mean, why waste time? If God's calling you to marry the, the chick, marry her. Don't wait. Don't like, oh, I, I, I got to get everything. No, look, God will help you get that ring and put a ring on it and do it, bro. I mean, <sighs> so after... Our engagement, we got married, and on our wedding cake, we put go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That was on our wedding cake. Everybody ate the Great Commission at our wedding. Ha ha, I loved it. So fast forward, and now we're in the jungle. First time, I, 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 the first day in the jungle, I'm trained as a linguist, so I took my paper and pen. This is pre-iPad days. And I, how do you learn a language you've never how do you learn an unwritten language? 
I pointed to a tree. I said, what's that? I got my first word. I'm thrilled. I'm here like one day, I've already got my first word in their language. I can say, tree. Mm. There's a stone, this boulder, and I, I walked over, I, I pointed, and I said, what's that? I got my second word. I'm really excited. Just then a, a cloud went overhead, and I pointed, I said, what's that? I knew I would get cloud, sky, shade, something. I looked at those three words. It was the same word. Every time I pointed and said, what's that? They said, your finger stupid. <laughs> they don't point with their finger. They point with their lips. So the first words I could say in their language was, my finger stupid. <laughs> and that began a few years of learning the tribal language until finally I was able to teach and preach and minister and, and, and love them in their own language and with God's grace. And another Wycliffe Bible translator, uh, I was uh, you know, part of the project of putting the word of God into the Payakuna dialect. That was so incredible. And like I'm, I'm like in my mid-30s and I'm going, God, I said use me and you're doing it. You're actually going to change these people because I said yes. I'm so glad I came here to reach these people. And God said, I didn't bring you here to reach these people. I brought you here to reach you. And if I can reach you, I can reach anybody. I said, Lord, give, us, give me another mission then. I'll break my heart open. The people are, are believers now. We've got a church functioning. Elders set in place. They're teaching, ministering. Uh, I don't need to be here anymore. And God called us back to North America, ended up in, wow, we ended up in a jungle, bro. It was like Connecticut. And I happened to have some precious friends sitting here that came all the way from Connecticut. And I just love you, LaDora, and your family. And uh, Helene, you, you're like lifetime family. Would you at least wave at them and everybody? <laughs> Stand up, guys. Come on, come on. I know, and your, your beautiful daughter, LaDora. Yeah, they're so awesome. They're lifetime friends. And uh, your son has such a miracle testimony. Somebody around them before you leave today, just go and ask LaDora. Say, what, what was the miracle about your son? And she'll be glad to tell you. She's going to be writing a book soon, aren't you, about that. We're going to help you. Amen. So we ended up going out to, you know, uh, Yankee country, you know, patriot country. <laughs> Is that all right? Talk about the patriots here. And uh, I mean, all you Brady haters, get a life, man. And you're just jealous is all it is. You're just plain jealous. Anyway, we were friends until I ruined it right there. But. And after 18 years pastoring, God said, okay, I want to use you, Brian. You're going to change the world, but you're going to have to let go of this church to do it. I said, but God, I love this church. You guys know what we had there. It was, I mean, we had train loads of people coming from New York, people driving from four states over to come and visit the place where, where the power of God and the, and the Holy Spirit was like oh, wall to wall. Like, oh. I said, God... This is 2,500 people. We, we came and there was hardly anything here. And, and we got a campus. We've got, I got all these people working for me. And, and you want me just to like poof, disappear? 
said, yeah, and I'll use you if you do. So I took a step of faith, left our church, handed it over to a younger team. I said, God, what is it? Jesus came into my room. I'm understating this, folks. Welded my, uh, melted the wall at 2 in the morning, came into my room and said, I want you to do this project. And it so freaks people out. Like, Jesus came to you? I said, yeah. You know, he's coming to Muslims all over the world, imams. He's coming to people in dreams, and he's literally speaking to people and, 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 and reviving the hearts of, of nations. So why is it so weird that he'd come to somebody that loves him? Anyway, that's all right. And he said, I'm, I want you to do the translation. So for the last almost 11 years, I've been working on this project. Now I want you to say those words, I'm going to change the world. I wasn't very energetic. Uh, uh, pass the coffee around and let him taste some of that, that latte that I got, man. One more time. Would you please say it, guys, like you mean it? I believe it. We need more men and women that are in this for Jesus. We sang it. Are we not going to live it? Take my life, God. Take it. He took the life, the very life of my three best friends. They were martyred and killed in the jungle. All over the, the news in the mid-90s. My best friends are martyrs on the sea of glass with crowns of the martyr. God took their life. Lord, take us and use us to feed the poor, to touch the broken, the disenfranchised, those that that just don't have anything going for them. Lord, help us to see with eyes of love the needs of people, the true heart of even people who fail us and even hurt us at times. But we can look past and become the mature ones that endure the weaknesses of the weak. And Lord, we can raise up champions throughout the Silicon Valley. And just as this place is so instrumental in impacting the whole world, so it will be in the kingdom of God, you're going to raise up Shofatim. You're going to raise up Avengers, Deliverers, too hot to handle millennials are coming to a church near you. Men and women that aren't going to sit down and sit under your covering for 20 years before they can pass out a bulletin or take an offering. They're going to be fire-filled, too hot to handle, everything we want and everything we'll run from at the same time. And they're coming without your permission. They're coming. Dread champions, avengers, these are mighty ones that do his bidding. They'll work signs and wonders and power will flow from them. You'll feel it in the same, whenever you're in the room they're in because God's presence is upon them. And that's what happened with Gideon. It says, the, the Bible says in Gideon, in, uh, yeah, the book of Gideon, chapter 6, it's Judges chapter 6, that the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and wore him like clothing. Gideon became the visible expression of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wore him as his outfit. I mean, that's wild. That the Holy Spirit literally possessed a human being and wore him like clothing, and it says the dude picked up a shofar and blew it so loud, the entire tribe of men came running to him. And 32,000 men rallied to one blast of the shofar. Hey, yay, yay, yay. 
And so many miracles with Gideon. Man, my appreciation of Gideon is like through the roof after translating those chapters. There's so many amazing things God is going to do through you. Tola. I mean, Tola. There's one verse, one verse about his ministry of being a shofatim, being a judge, an avenger. You got to know what Tola's name means, or you're not going to get this. His name means worm. Wormy. Can't you hear his mother calling him to dinner? Come on, Wormy. Crawl over here and have dinner. No joke. His name, Tola, means worm. You see, God's going to use nobodies. God's going to use people. Uh, of course, now, you're all really cool and you're all somebody, right? But God's going to find somewhere out there, he's going to find a nobody. I don't know if you've ever met him, but nobodies are the ones God's after. Not very many mighty have been called. Not the wise and the, 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 the kings of this world, but it's the nobodies, the lowly that he fills with his grace and his spirit, and he raises them up, and he uses them to touch middle schools, to touch high schools, to touch campuses, to touch the workplace, and to heal a family that's so dysfunctional. It's like Christmas is like a naughty word because you got to get together with them, you know? That whole thing. But yet you are the one God's going to call. Would you say it again? I'm going to change the world. Yeah, you are. You really are. God took a, a woman with five husbands, some messed up chick, I mean, and, and took, and she was living with one that wasn't. I mean, She's living, shacked up with a sixth. And, and really a troubled girl, believe me. And one encounter at the well of Sychar. That woman changed the world. I shared it yesterday. It might be good if you maybe listen to some of the, go back and, and get it online or whatever, to what I shared about her. Her name was Potini, but she changed the world, rewrote the, the history of the land, and led village after village. She didn't just go back to Sychar and win a village to the Lord. She won multiple villages to Jesus. She turned the Middle East upside down. One messed up woman. A teenager with a sling and a stone. Shamgar with nothing but a stick. A man that denied Jesus three times because a girl confronted him. A young girl. Didn't have the courage to come out of the closet and say that he was a lover of God. Over and over in the Bible, God will raise up the unlikely, the ill-qualified, He'll take people who just don't have the resume. Their bio stinks. I mean, they, they just they don't have a background that really qualifies them. I had no clue that I was going to end up translating the Bible. I mean, who does that? <laughs> I, I, you know, and I know that if he hadn't come to me, I would have backed out of this a long time ago. For me, it's just obedience, you know. In the kingdom of God, if you translate the Bible or clean toilets, as long as you do it in obedience, it pays the same, the same reward. You're blessed and rewarded according to that, that realm of obedience, faithfulness to him. That's all that counts. And we don't have to strive for success. He is our success. 
but God will anoint you and he'll open doors for you. He'll pave the way for you. He'll, he'll help you financially come to Israel. Oh, did I say that? He'll, he'll do things just to make it work. Stop looking at your, your excuses and your disqualifications. Stop. Time out for just a moment. God is going to use you to change the world. All it takes is a fat yes over your heart. Yes, I am going to change the world. And then God takes it from there. You don't have to worry. You know, he'll open doors no one could shut. He's opened doors for me. I'm telling you, nobody could have opened those doors. And he has shut a door or two that when he did, I go, Lord, why did you do that? And I go and try to unlock it and get back. No, it's shut because he... He's leaning against the other side of that door. You're not going to open it. God has a plan to use convergence. And pastors Greg and Wendy and, and, and Andrew, and, and I'm going to start naming names and, and goofing up here, but all of you, all y'all, like they say in Texas, all y'all are going to get used by God. My wife and I would weep at the Jesus Movement Bible studies, sitting cross-legged, you know, singing. I, they'll know we're Christians by our love and kumbaya and all those songs. And we'd weep in those Bible studies and we'd just take our hands together and say, God, use us. If you would just use my wife and I. We don't know where or how. We don't have any money. We don't have uh, anything but a passion for your name. And here I stand 48 years later, and I can tell you, he has brought such satisfaction and joy into this poor heart of mine. He's, he's given me such effervescent hope that it's going to get better, that he's, that he's going to raise up more of these avengers and champions like the book of Judges. How he loves you. He could use a girl, a teenage girl, She said, whatever you have for me, Lord, so be it. Her name was Mary. Catholics pray to her. Protestants ignore her. But she was so anointed, such a precious woman, young woman. You know, some scholars believe she was 13, 13 years old. I mean, we wouldn't let her drive a car. And God entrusted eternity into her womb. She couldn't get a license. But God invaded her. God literally came in, inside of her and she gave birth to my Jesus, to our Jesus. And what an amazing choice. You say, when, when you see God choosing you and using you, don't second guess his calling. God's choice of you is without repentance. He's going to finish what he begun in you, began in you. He's going to teach me grammar. Here I'm a linguist, can't hardly talk. He's going to put his hand on you. And when you least expect it, maybe tonight, when you put your head on your pillow, it becomes a pillar of glory. And suddenly you're in a realm where Almighty God is, he brought you to the thin place, the nexus of heaven and earth. And there he begins to download into you the secrets of eternity and says, this is what I called you for. This is why you're on earth. I'm going to use you to change the world. 
You love one person into the kingdom of God, you've changed the world. You touch one heart, one broken, poor soul of homelessness, destitution, brokenness in mind and body, and yet you bring the healing to them. You have changed the world. The course of history can be changed, will be changed. I'm going to ask you to say it probably a couple more times, but here's one. I'm going to change the world. In the fourth century, there was a, a monk named Telemachus, small in stature, and he was known really for just a couple of things, that he, he loved to pray and he loved to tend his vegetable garden. And this small monk, Telemachus, lived in the cloistered monastery in the fourth century, and his whole world was just praying and tending his vegetable garden until one day... Jesus spoke to him while he was in his garden and said, Telemachus, I have a work for you to do for me in Rome. Unable to shake the divine calling on his life, Telemachus wondered what would it be like to leave this, this secluded, safe, cozy monastery and go to the decadent capital of the world, Rome. But he stepped out and decided to make that journey. Arriving into the city of Rome, he was shocked to see so many people. He'd never seen this amount of people before. Came into the streets of Rome, and by and by, he got swept up into a crowd moving down the street until he finally was standing in front of a building so massive and huge, he was awestruck. He had never seen the Colosseum before. And with the crowd, he came into this massive complex only to hear the clashing of gladiators' swords and shields. As men were engaged to mortal combat, to the death, one after one of the gladiators would come and stand before the emperor and say, we who are about to die salute you, O God. Only to go into combat where one was slain and the other survived. So troubled, the monk named Telemachus ran down to the, the outer wall of the Colosseum uh, and, and, and began to shout out, in the name of Christ, forbear. In the name of Christ, stop this. No one heard him. He climbed up the rail and shouted it out again. No one heard him. With his spirit troubled, he jumped into the sand of the arena and went out to the very center where two men were locked into combat. And he stood before them and said, In the name of Christ, forbear! And all the people laughed. They thought it was part of the show. And he kept shouting it out. And one of the gladiators took his shield and knocked him rolling in the sand, the short monk named Telemachus. He got up, and again, he shouted to these men until finally someone in the Colosseum shouted out, run him through, kill him. The one who hit him with his shield took his 
sharpened sword, placed it below his neck, opened him up from chest to stomach. Telemachus sank to his knees as the sand suddenly turned crimson around him. And with his dying breath, he said, in the name of Christ, forbear. Deathly silence came over the Colosseum until one at the top, one man at the top stood and left. On the other side, a woman stood and walked out, and then another, and then another, and then another until the entire Colosseum was empty. And there lie the body of a monk named Telemachus. Never again would there be bloodshed in that place after his death. He turned the, the tide of history. Never again would they, would they kill each other for amusement and sport in the Roman culture. A small monk named Telemachus changed the world because he stepped out and did what God called him to do. You're going to change the world. The atmosphere around your home, the atmosphere around your, your company, your business, it's going to change. And with a new sensitivity to God, you're going to leave here today with a passion to change the world. Not to leave status quo. Not to make a dent. But to make a difference. Now I want you to say it one last time. I'm going to change the world. Let's stand. Lord, I thank you for my friends. I thank you for these world changers. I thank you that you brought us here today, Lord, to hear the story of Telemachus, to hear the story of Tola, Shamgar, Deborah, Gideon, and Samson, the juvenile delinquent that changed the world. Lord, I thank you that all those men and women had flaws. They all had handicaps. They all had excuses. They all had reasons why they couldn't and weren't the right one. And yet you put your hand upon their lives. You wore them like clothing and you changed the world because they said yes to you. Take my life. Take my life, Lord. Send me where you want me to go. I'll even go to Atlanta for you if that's what you want. I'll even move to Atlanta. I'll say what you give me to say. I will do what you tell me to do. I am yours and you are mine. I love you more than anything, Lord. I love you more than retirements and 401ks. I love you more. And this is a biggie. I love you more than grandkids. That's a hard one for me, God. But all right, I love you more than grandkids. I love you, Jesus. I want to keep saying yes to you. I want to keep stretching. 
God is going to use you, my friends. One thing you need to do is move your false finish line. I've had to move mine so many times where I set a finish line in my mind that's nothing even close to what God has. If you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans for your life. Oh, yeah. And he's saying, is that all? The <laughs> best you can do? Really? I'm going to change you and use you in ways you can't imagine. You're going to get words of knowledge and, and revelation insights. You're going to stand next to people and know the secrets of their lives, and you're going to love them into my kingdom, says the Lord. You're going to operate with a grace upon you and a dignity that love inspires, where you honor people who are different than you, vote different than you, look different than you, live different than you. I have a plan to make you more loving than you want to be. I'm going to use you, and we're going to start right now. If you want to be used of God, if you want to say to the king, take my life, that beautiful song we sang, I love that song. Hadn't heard it until today. If you want to be one of his chosen champion, making a difference, and you'll leave it up to him. You'll leave the timing and the extent. You'll leave even success is in God's hands. If you're willing to be that one, lift your hand to heaven right now. Look at your willing people. Your people will be willing in the day of, of, of battle, in the day of the king, the days of heaven on earth that we're stepping into right now. Look at your willing lovers. Look at them, sons and daughters. Willing, Lord. Look at them. Look upon them, even now. Gaze into their heart. See their willing spirit. See their desire to be what you've called them to be. If it's to change a career or, or to move or to do this or to plant somewhere as, as God's servant, whatever he's saying to you, Holy Spirit, they will do it. Almighty God, they will do what you tell them to do. Look at their yielded hearts. King of glory, speak to each one. Speak personally, intimately, profoundly, mysteriously. Even if it takes us a year or two to figure it out, but speak. Let your voice prevail. Let your will be done. Be done, will of God. Be done here in this church be done here in my life and the next time I come back the world will be a different place because you like a monk named Telemachus you did what God called you to do we love you and we bless you Whatever he says, do it. Amen. Well, thank you again for listening. 
We hope that what was shared in this message leaves a lasting impact on your life and the lives around you. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe to our channel.